Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Jill Garcia. Today is Thursday, October 1st. Joining us today is Sophie Nicolau. Um, she's from the Highbury Squad podcast. Sophie, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing really well, thanks. How are you, Gio? Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, no, thanks. Thanks for being on. So I've obviously, I ran into you a couple of times at the LA Galaxy games and, you know, obviously we follow each other on social media and I'm very excited to have you on your very well knowledge on the sport and what you do, but just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started with the Highbury squad and then covering the MLS teams here in LA. Yeah, sure. Um, well, kind of my, my radio life or career, um, call it what you want, started back in London. So I've been living in Southern California now since 2001. I actually moved here two months before 9-11. Um, so I was doing radio out in the UK. Um, I've, my background is the entertainment industry. I work for 20th Century Fox and Sony Pictures and some other um, smaller film companies in the independent arena, but I always had a passion for radio and was talking pop culture and sports in the UK. And then when I moved out here, uh, I was a, a co-host on World Football Daily, which was the first ever live daily show to talk about soccer. And from there kind of grew into doing some uh, correspondence and contribution work for TalkSport, which I still do to this day and obviously I'm a huge, huge Guna and Arsenal fan and started a couple of podcasts to the point where it's evolved now I'm doing the Highbury squad. Um, I've got a great uh, partner there and co-host in Amanda and also one of our special resident guests is Super Kevin Campbell who played for Arsenal and was a goal machine for Everton as well and that, uh, that connection with TalkSport led me to covering LA Galaxy here. It started with David Beckham of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just kind of continued on from there. So, yeah, I love it. Love, uh, love the LA soccer scene and how it's evolved since I first moved here. It's crazy. Yeah, how long? How long have you been in the states now? Um, I've been here nineteen years. It's my nineteenth year. So, so you, you've seen it grow. You've seen it. You've I seen have the, the, the sport just grow. I mean, when I first moved here, Gio, they were showing literally one game. You're probably too young even to remember. I don't know. But it was the Fox Soccer Channel. And and you get that game on Saturday. And then you just wait for the Fox News um, with the guys that were based in Canada. And you had Bobby McMahon and Max Bretos. Bretos, Yeah, all those guys. And so to see where it is now and the fact that, we get to watch more live games than, you know, my mates, my family in, in the UK. It's unbelievable now with all the platforms that we have. And it's not only the Premier League, but of course, Bundesliga, Liga, Syria, ESPN Plus do an amazing job bringing the cup games. Like today, I got to see the Carabao Cup game with Liverpool and Arsenal. So the evolution of the sport here is unbelievable. And I do think that, you know, David Beckham and his signing had a lot to do with how the game evolved and what the expectations are now for fans, not only who love European football, but also MLS. Yeah, and I completely agree. And you've seen David Beckham double down. Now he owns a team. He owns mm-hmm. into Miami. So he's bringing, he just brought Higuain here. So, you know, it, it's just a matter of time, right? It's just, it's just a matter of time before the MLS, you know, 
potentially gets to you know be one of the top competitive leagues i think first is, is going to start to you know producing the younger players here and then sending them out there but you know it's growing at a rapid pace and you know uh, what obviously with this podcast and just the amount of attention and everything and there's just so much opportunities here and like people like yourself that are really knowledgeable, um, you know, can really educate people, especially in the LA market and us being able to cover, cover the teams, you know, we get to voice our opinions and, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. just to help grow, grow the game and stuff and just, just certain things with interviews with players and all that. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, I love your story. Uh, I love mm-hmm. everything that you do. Um, cause I've actually heard about your podcast before I actually met you, which is, which is oh, interesting. Wow, cool. I'm not an, an Arsenal fan, but I know a, fan, a, what? A, a, a friend, a friend of mine, yeah. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine is an Arsenal fan and I had heard of the podcast before and it was just, it's just funny that it, it happens to be your podcast that he had mentioned, but so kudos to you. Thank so you. Let, let's get into it. We'll, we'll start with with the LA Galaxy. Um, they had a press conference today. They they announced obviously officially Yoni Gonzalez. He spoke to the mm. media today. Big signing for them, uh, especially um, they're gonna because they're gonna need him and they're gonna use him right away. It looks like this weekend. Um, so we had uh, well, it depends who you li- depends who you listen to. Really, it was really funny, kind of the the contradictionary uh, from you know, GBS and Yoni in terms of what he felt he could play. He's going to play. There's no doubt he's going to play. Whether he plays for 90 minutes, that's going to be... I don't think he's going to play 90 minutes, just to be clear. Yeah, I don't... No. They would love him, but he's not not in game shape. I I don't believe he's in game shape right now to play 90 minutes. You bring him in, I don't know if it's going to be 30 minutes or whatever. But it's it's just exciting that he's here um, because it's definitely a player that they... I think it's been more than a month that they were trying to get him here with all the, the COVID stuff, the quarantine and everything. So um, exciting for Galaxy fans. Um, and obviously we'll get into Chicharito. So what do you, what do you make of Yoni Gonzalez? Um, well, actually first let's, let's get into uh, GBS first. Cause there was yeah. a thing about the FIFA ruling. So prior to that, I sent you a link. Um, so prior to this uh, GBS, he had mentioned that, he would go with the ruling of FIFA. If FIFA, if FIFA came and ruled down that the teams, that the clubs ha- would have to give their players up, that he was okay with it and he was going to go with it. But he also said if they didn't have to give them up, he wouldn't, he wouldn't give up the players. And the players I'm referring to is Jonah Dos Santos, Christian Pavone, obviously, and Ralph Belcher, right? So the biggest mm-hmm. one is, uh, is Jonah Dos Santos because that kind of came out of nowhere. That kind of came literally late last night. Uh, after the Mexican national team was playing yesterday. And to me, that's very interesting because um, another thing that he said, he had spoken with Tata Martino last week and pretty mm-hmm. much told Tata that, you know, we're just going to let FIFA decide. Um, mm-hmm. So it looks it looks like Jonah Dos Santos is going to stay here. What do you make of all the, the news and the FIFA ruling? It's a really fascinating time that we are living in. And I was saying this on our own podcast, you know, pertaining to the international break that's coming up in Europe, that after starting the season and zero COVID tests coming back for most players, obviously Thiago of Liverpool just tested positive. I just thought it was madness to be having an international break at this time, but the difficult part is all the calendaring. You've got the World Cup qualifiers. They'd already postponed the Euros. You know, the, the, the North American, South American football scene has also had to adapt. You could tell, obviously, today the coach was, you know, he doesn't want to lose any of his players. This, this could be a real disaster, Geo, because when you're looking at how many games are left, five or six games, 
and LA Galaxy are in tenth right now. Mm-hmm. LAFC have had their own challenges, you know, with injuries. Obviously, losing Carlos Vela has been huge for them. You know, Bradley Wright Phillips can only plug a hole for so long. Eventually, over a longer period of time, you're going to miss the one of the best players in the league. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's good news for LA um, Galaxy, of course, with Jonah staying back. He's not super back to fitness yet. I mean, you could see that in the games. He's not quite ready. And to lose him to international football right now would be a complete disaster. Losing Pavon um, and Rolf is not going to be easy either. So, you know, with regards to the quarantine, that raises whole other issues. Uh, The traveling, it's not like they're in a bubble like the NBA guys or that like they were in Orlando. Um, so this is a really tricky situation that could cost teams uh, significantly. I mean, it could cost them playoff spots. It could cost them uh, a lot of uh, a lot of different issues. And, and when you're a team that's struggling right now, like LA Galaxy, the last thing you need is losing those key players. So for me, you know, if you're going to cancel the Euros – you're going to continue with World Cup qualifiers, but we're living in a time where the pandemic is actually kicking in again, isn't it? We're seeing cases rise um, in the US. We saw record cases over the last uh, few weeks in England. They're shutting down certain cities as well. Uh, I'm not hot on the situation in South America, but generally, you know, as we're going into the winter months here as well, it's, it's not going to be easy. So the timing, I think, sucks. Yeah, and, and in, in in Europe, Geo, it's at the beginning of the season, so you can combat some of these problems. For us here in MLS, we're at that. You know, it's the final furlong of the yeah. race, and you want everybody lean and fit and healthy. And this is a this could be a disaster. Yeah, and it's going to be very tricky because because uh, even even uh, I've heard like in Brazil they're having a massive COVID testing or COVID cases. Even that's why mm-hmm. Yoni it took him a while to to get here. Yeah, uh, because of everything going on. So like you know if you have Pavone, Ralph is going to South America, they're going to be gone. And if MLS has right this mandatory ten day ten day quarantine was which is looks like to pretty much be saving these MLS teams uh, because FIFA ruling was like if a player has to quarantine more than five days then it's up to mm-hmm. the club to decide so yep. that, that just gives it, the power to the to the club right and the, on the opposite end right if you're a player that you want to go play, play and represent your national team and you may be on the fences that if you don't make it or you don't go do these games that may change how the national team will view you for the future so it is so many different things going on all at once, right? For the player, the mm-hmm. coach, and our organization, right? If you're mm-hmm. MLS as a league, you want your players to stay. All of them, all of them, right? It, it doesn't matter. All For all the teams, you want them to stay. If you're Comable or you're a Mexican national team, all these, you're, 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 you have your own agenda, right? That you want to, you want to have the best players. You want to, you want to see how they play together. You want to see them in the friendlies, um, the Comable, right? Some of the, some of the biggest matches going on there. So I think there's really going to be a showdown between potentially the MLS. I think more on Comable and MLS. It looks like mm-hmm. from what I'm reading on, on, um, um, from Tom Marshall, who covers the Mexican national team, Tata Martino looks to be a little bit more lenient with that. So it's going to be very interesting with with the relationship of the Comable and MLS uh, these next few days if they don't decide, yeah. you know, if the clubs decide, like, you know, what's best. Because if you look, they're going to be gone for a month. It's And then, then you add the 10-day quarantine, it almost makes sense why even bring them back because you're going to they're going to be out of rhythm with their teammates potentially. They Say they catch COVID or whatever. There's so many different things that it, 
I, for a MLS club, the risk is, I mean, the risk is not worth the reward yeah. to have them no. there for like a game or two. It, it just doesn't make sense. Um, and on, on, on tomorrow's LAFC press conference, I'm interested to see what Bob Bradley says because he he he's been he's been on record that he supports his players going. So we have a whole other thing with them. But yeah, I think this is a big win for the MLS and the league. I don't think the commissioner is into it. I remember I interviewed him a few years ago. I can't remember if it was 2012 at MLS Cup. I, I had a one-on-one with him and. You know, we talked about at the time, I mean, you know, the dude is super smart and what he's done for the league is insane. I, I mean, the growth and the investment that's come into it is he's done a really fantastic job. But it's also he also said to me, and I quote, I'm not an international guy. I'm a club guy. And of course he is. He's the commissioner of yep. MLS. He wants to protect his business and his owners. Yep. Those owners invest a lot of money. Yep. When you look back even then, compared to what it takes now to, to start a franchise, you know, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars here and there's no fans in stadium. They're not making game day money. They're losing their butts off not having concessions and, you know, yeah. from food, drink, buying merchandise on game day, especially when you win. It's, it's a business, you know, yeah. and like every other business in the world right now, it's suffering and there's only so long clubs are going to be able to hold on to stuff like that. So, you know, it's you bring up a really good point about affecting players and how they're perceived back home if they don't play for their country. That's a whole other pickle, yep. right? And that's a whole other pressure players are put under too. So very difficult, very tricky. I understand from the coach's point of view, they want to support their players. I understand from the player's point of view, they want to play for their country. And I understand from the commissioner's point of view and MLS as a business that they want their players playing, especially in this run-up to the playoffs. Yeah. You know, they're trying to finish the season and it's not easy. Yeah, and I think that's that's what's mo- mostly tricky uh, on that. So we finally got clarification on that. So it looks like uh, those players are going to be staying for the LA Galaxy. Um, let's talk about Yoni. I know we first started mm-hmm. with him, but let, on, I've seen his highlights. Highlights look great, but th- that's what highlights are, are supposed to be, right? <laughs> they're supposed to make you look great, right? So... <laughs> Uh, I mean, he looks great on those highlights and he looks like this is the type of player the LA Galaxy need, right? So mm-hmm. it looks like, I'm assuming he will be playing on that right flank uh, yep. with Julian Araujo. Uh, we should also note that Araujo is not going to be in this game because he ended up picking up that, that second, uh, another yellow. So he'd be out for San Jose. But before we get into Araujo, if you're going to have um, Yoni and it looks like Ralph starting there, depending how many minutes he plays 30. I don't know what if he's in game ship. I don't know. It's like he plays 30 minutes. It's going to be very interesting to see his speed because his name is mm-hmm. Speedy Gonzalez on, yes. on Instagram. So if you're calling yourself Speedy Gonzalez, you you have to back it up. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming he's fast. <laughs> like, I'm assuming his name he's, is fast. And then yeah. that promo video that LA Galaxy pretty much compared him to a rocket ship that is you know, I mean, seriously, that was, I thought, well, am I watching a NASA launch or is it <laughs> Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story? I'm not quite sure. It was a little bit of a mix of everything, wasn't it? And everyone had waited so long exactly. for that moment to come as well. You know, um, GBS said today that he was super excited. One of the things you could tell... Like behind that mask, he was salivating at the prospect of Pavon on one side and Yoni on the other side, right? Mm -hmm. And he talked about him being fast and strong and giving the team that extra X factor who, you know, I think 
Chicharito is going to be the one that's going to benefit the most from this, but we'll get to him eventually. He he feels like he's going to provide more options for Chicharito, um, who really is, you know, he's an inside that 18 yard box player, isn't he? And he's not been getting the service as much, but at the same time, you know, he slowed down a little bit, but he thinks Yoni's going to have an immediate impact on the team because of that speed, because of his strength. I think that he'll, even though he might not be able to play 90 minutes right now, Gio, he'll, he'll, he'll ramp up pretty quickly. I mean, the dude looks like a, he's like one of those players you look at and you're like, he's this specimen, this athletic specimen. And so I, I'm really excited to see him play. I think LA Galaxy fans are excited to see him play. And he could be one of those players that comes in and, the, the other teams in the league take notice too. Uh, he could have that type of impact, I think. Yeah, and anytime you come to the LA Galaxy, right? Automatically, he even said it. He even said it. he's been he's been watching the league for a while. Mm-hmm. He's been he's known because there's so many Colombians in the league, and he knows that obviously the the long history with the LA Galaxy. He's excited, and I'm just excited. I know we're not going to see it this weekend, but him be paired up with uh, Julian Rajo on the right hand mm-hmm. side, just both have that speed. They're going to be able to cover for each other. And like you said, mm-hmm. he's going to be able to provide those cross. You have Pavone on the left, Yoni on the right side. They, If they're able to beat their defender on the right and left side and they're inside the box and you have Chicharito there, you know, you're if you're able to get those crosses or those passes inside the box where we've seen Chicharito where we know he can finish and you make it easier for a player that's trying to get back into game shape, yeah. you're, you're, you're just creating more opportunities for a successful game yeah. for the LA Galaxy and I think that's what you might see and that's what they're hoping for and now they won't feel like they have to do it all right Pavon exactly. has been has put the team on his shoulders yep. and I think we've seen his he I mean he's been so brilliant but the last few games he has regressed a little bit and that's because he's trying to do it all and and now they have another outlet they have another creative outlet which also allows players like Pavon and then you're going to see that midfield I think improve too greatly from it and so that takes the pressure off as well and and I think that's been a a major difference and you you said like once Araujo he needs to take care of his discipline he's cost his team a little bit with these stupid mistakes that he's made in uh, the red card and then he got the yellow card he's got to really be careful of that you know he's such a good player he's such a talent and that right side could end up being i'm not i don't think i'm exaggerating when i say it could end up being one of the best in the league yeah. um because they just have raw talent those two raw speed um i think araujo needs a little bit more finesse with his crossing and making that decision at the right time but other than that, I think this is going to be great for the team overall. And I thought the coach hit the nail on the head today when he said, you know, this is going to be, this is going to allow us, it's going to open up the game. It's going to open up the pitch mm-hmm. um, for the team overall. And especially going up front, of course. Yeah. And let's get into Araujo. You just, you just mentioned uh, obviously him picking up the red card and then now the yellow card. I thought after him picking up the the red card, I was like, you know what, this is, a, I went on record. I was like, you know what, this is a learning experience for him. It's not going to happen. You know, he's going to learn to pick his spots. Well, next game, he came back. <laughs> he didn't learn. So he, he did not learn. I was wrong. He did not learn. Um, so I'm biting my words now. Um, but you also see that that's where he has to improve, right? Mm-hmm. He has to improve with the emotional side of the game, you know, because you got to understand that you're literally, right now, with Pavone, you're the second most important player on the field 
for the and on the defensive end, you're probably the with your speed and the way he he gets back and man, this kid does not look like he's 19, 18, 19 no. years old, right? He, he looks he looks so mature in the way he's he's you know he's taking the ball away from the from from the from the other team and it's just like, but then you do see okay, okay, this is where he has to he has to do better on the emotional part in the game. And that's what's really cost him. And he needs to understand, like, you know what, this this picking up this card is not worth it. And I think as you mature as a player, you know when to pick those spots. You know when to get a yellow card. You know not to get a yellow card when it's going to cost you the next game. You know what, let this go because I'm more important to my team for the next game. You know, and I, I don't think he he's not understanding that yet because of the mistakes he's, he's costing his team. And, you know, him not being available is like – you're you're another part that not, that's not going to be available for them against mm-hmm. San Jose, and that's a big thing. And you're kind of hurting your team twice now. Well, th- there's nothing there's nothing more that that hurts a player than missing games. True. Whether it's through injury or suspension, right? And he's going to learn that lesson real real quick. He, I mean, that was a frustrating game for LA Galaxy. You, you, it was you could see it. It was a struggle. They. They felt like uh, so beaten in that game, mm-hmm. right? And he'll learn quickly because the more games he misses, the more he misses the game. Yeah. And I think this is also where we need to see um, the coach coach him, manage him. This is part of his job, right? Is We know he's a talent on the field. He's insanely good. I mean... Everyone can see this kid maybe playing for a top European team. Mm-hmm. In the next couple of years, he's that good. And so, but while LA Galaxy have him, they need to find a way to nurture him and improve that part of his discipline because he's become so valuable. I asked Josh this question. I threw it out there actually to a lot of LA Galaxy fans. Who, who, would, you li- who would you like to see play more? Who's more important to you at this point? Araujo or Chicharito? And <laughs> great question. It, great question. I, the majority of folks, I think you'll know what the answer was. Yeah. Right right now, based on what we know now, right? I'm not saying anything negative about Chicharito has been a superb player throughout his career. But in terms of right now, the impact Araujo has when he plays is massive. Yeah, no, and I, and, I, and I agree with you that him not playing is it, going to hurt him a lot. It's going to it's going to end up it's going to end up hurting him a lot more, um, just with the experience. And I th- also think that they also played a very very tough Seattle Sounders team. As Seattle Sounders may be the the best team ML, MLS. They mm-hmm. they've been LAFC twice. They I mean they 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 smacked around LA Galaxy though they were able to get a goal at the end. So I think you he has to understand that these are the type of team. Seattle is so mature and they're, they're going to know that you're a youngster that you have, that you sometimes don't know how to control it. That, that's what great teams do. They, they look at your weaknesses. Oh, you're fast. or you this, yep. all this, you can get hot though. Let, let, I know what I can do to you to get you, get you outside of your game. And mm-hmm. I think, like you said, the, I think the, to me, them playing the Sounders was kind of like to see where the LA Galaxy were because this is, to me, the best team, one of the best teams in MLS, the Seattle Sounders, just the way I've seen them play. Um, it's so class, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So the way they, I mean, the way they just know each other. They have that maturity um, and they have a real shot uh, of repeating of uh, being MLS Cup champions, just the way what I've seen from them the last month. 
But I think for Araujo, if he's going to make that next leap to Europe, this is something that he's going to have to address. Like you said, GBS, I'm, I'm assuming that these conversations are already had that, hey, you know, you're too important to seem to commit these type, t- these type of mistakes, yeah. these type of errors. And, you know, I would agree with you. I think right now Araujo is a little bit more important from what we've seen, right? Mm-hmm. Out of, between him and him, just the effort wise, just the way someone impacts the game. He right now is a little bit more important to the LA Galaxy off of these first games. But I would also add that Chicharito, once he starts scoring and everything like that, when that happens, we haven't seen that. That's what all of LA Galaxy fans expect. I know fans have been very critical of him. And I just want to read a quote. I think it was Josh who asked a question on the criticism. Uh, if he pays attention to the criticism, and he, he goes on to say, quote, I don't know anything about that. People aren't going to believe I don't read anything. I just speak to the manager, and he's happy with my performances and my stats. He would love all of us to improve in a soccer way, but he sees my effort. He's very happy with my stats, close quote. Mm. So... We were there at the press conference. That is a very bold thing to say because we know fans are picking at him because mm-hmm. of the scoring and just the way the team the team has not won with him. You know, mm-hmm. they have not won with him. I don't think at all this year, and um, that's a very big stat. And people are saying, "Oh, the team is better without him." I I disagree that the team is better without him. But the last few games, it has not looked good and. He has not played well. I think down the road, you're going to need Chicharito. But right now, it does not look good with him on the field. Mm-hmm. And, I think, and I think having Yoni is going to help him. But I think you need to assist Chicharito a lot more. But because you're Chicharito and you, you, you're the second, supposedly, next to David Beckham, the second most important signing, and you're the highest paid player, I'm okay with the criticism. You have to perform. And everything that comes with that name and everything you want in the best con- the, the max contract, anything from the LA Galaxy, I think it's okay that the fans are criticizing the way they are. He just needs to go out there and perform and do what he does. Yeah. I think there's a few things with Chicharito. The first thing is he actually, I'll give him this. He was very chippy, I thought, today in the press conference. Not chippy, just he sounded defensive. He's usually... A very happy-go-lucky guy. He's got a great energy about him. He likes to have fun. And he's usually very long-winded with his answers. Yep, yep, super long-winded. Super long-winded to the point where none of us really get to ask any questions, right? Today, he was short. He came across a little bit defensive. But to give him credit, I can't remember who asked the question, but I think it was the very first one. I think it was Megan, Megan Reza, where he actually said, you know, the team went on a run without me. Mm-hmm. And then in Orlando, we were poor and now we're poor. And I thought, wow, okay. He's, he's putting that out there. He's acknowledging it. He's, he's, acknowledge- he's acknowledging yeah. it. Yeah, he's I thought acn- that was interesting that he said that as well. Yeah. And, and then at the same time, he, when he was asked about creating chances and, you know, are the team putting him in the best position for that, he kind of got defensive about that and said, well, that's for the coach to answer, not yeah. me. So <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Here's the question. I'll, I'll flip it to you as well, Gio, because is he going to be able to keep up with Yoni? Because in that Seattle Sounders game, I was there and I was watching the game and I thought, and I half at, at points I was like, run, you know, run. you were just kind of willing him. Everyone is willing him to do well. Mm-hmm. No one wants Chicharito to be a bus. No one wants no. him to do badly. Everyone is willing for him 
to be the player that they want him to. But I would argue that in terms of some of those players, they say that come at a certain age, he's still only, what, 32 years old, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Zlatan's energy and fitness when he came. And I would argue that maybe he's the, in terms of the Mexican community, he's without question the most important signing. But I would put him third after Beckham, Zlatan, and then him. And that's only because he hasn't had any impact. Zlatan came and he was like fireworks right away. He's Mm. the one that built that rivalry with LAFC. LAFC fans grew to hate LA Galaxy more. They, Mm. They hated Zlatan. It really elevated that game completely. Right now, Chicharito has not performed. Now he was injured and we're going to give him that. But the biggest question is, is he going to get to a point of fitness where he can actually keep up with Pavon and with Yoni? Because from what I saw in that Sounders game, and I'm just putting it now to the fact that he's not totally match fit, he looked so slow that it slows the flank play down to the point where Pavon feels like he has to do more. And I hope that's not going to be the case. Do you, what do you think about whether or not he's going to be able to, to kind I, of I would, I would agree. I, I would agree with you that I think it is his fitness. It, uh, we did see uh, on the second half that he had like this little run and then mm-hmm. he, he had no angle though. He, he had this great run and he was like one-on-one was just a keeper and, and that angle, like he shot it, it hit the keeper, but that, that little run, I was like, okay, that's a little vintage Chicharito. We saw, we saw, mm-hmm. I don't know if you recall, it was like in the second yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, he still has it, but his fitness is not there. I think if his fitness is there, even when he, I think when he first got back, I think the first time they faced San Jose, I think he put like 30 minutes. I was like, that's a lot of minutes. That's mm-hmm. from coming back. And, and towards the end of those 30 minutes, he looked gas. And you're starting to see that he's not fully fit. I think if you give me a fully fit Chicharito and you have Pavone and you have Yoni, and at, at that point he doesn't produce for you, then you start getting worried. But yeah. if he starts getting fit, you know, you understand all the COVID and everything happened. But if he starts to get fit, you start to see some of those runs and you start to see some of those finishes. Then, mm-hmm. yes, I, I do believe him. But right now, I don't really have that many shares of Chicharito. But I think having Yoni come in, taking that load off of Pavon, thinking he has to do everything. Obviously, Chicharito is, is not where you want him to be. But you at least have him there. But how much are you really intimidating the other team when they've seen how Chicharito has played? That's that's a and that's a great point. And I thought I thought that he and Carlos both came back looking a little overweight from COVID from lockdown. I'm not not trying to be disrespectful by saying that they just look like they were carrying those extra pounds players do in the off season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and look, let me be clear. I've gained some weight too during during this pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) So let me just be clear on that before anybody tries to go after me. I would agree with you. And I asked that question, that same question, LAFC fans, and they, they, they got a little defensive. They're like, no, you know mm-hmm. what? And I, I think both at the time, Vela, I don't know how he looks now. I've seen him on TV, but I don't, he did look a little overweight to me, not saying he can't perform, but when you're a little, when you're not as fit as you used to be, you're not going to be as quick. You're not going to, you have potential for injuries and stuff like that. He did exactly. look, he did look a little overweight for me. Now I think it's time for him to get into game shape, right? And to, to get fitness, mm-hmm. right? What do you, I think it also comes down not to just game fitness, but what are you doing at home? What are you eating? Mm-hmm. What are you consuming? Are you, you're right. Are you going, I've seen him do Bud Light Seltzer's commercials on Twitter and, you know, and, and Instagram. He's promoting hell of a, out of that. He's playing, <laughs> um, he's playing online. He's promoting his Twitch channel. I have no problem with that. That, that doesn't bother me. I think, 
that's totally fine as long as you produce on the field. But if you're not yeah. producing on the field, people are going to start getting upset. Fans are going to get start getting upset from those yeah. Bud Light Seltzer commercials, from those Twitch, oh, he's only playing video games and doing this. You know, I think you got to change the perception of people and the way you do that mm-hmm. is by scoring goals or impacting the game. Or like, okay, you know what? LA Galaxy won that game because of Chicharito, because he gave that assist or because, you know, he passed it on to this player. And right now we haven't seen that. And I think that's why Galaxy fans are so frustrated. Yes. And it's... You've summed it up really well there. I mean, that's this is why Arsenal fans got upset with Meza Ozil. He was playing Fortnite more than he was performing on the pitch. And I'm sorry, but when you're paid 350 grand a week, you better be good. You mm-hmm. better be performing week in, week out. And it's not fans being um, mean or mean-spirited. They have expectations. And some people say, oh, well, it's not his fault that he earns it. The club gave him that money. No, you earn that money, yeah. right? And... And so I think, look, Carlos Vela has been brilliant. Let's not, let's not, uh, he has, what is he? He's had 64 appearances. He's scored 50 goals. That's an amazing ratio of goals. Mm-hmm. I, may, I may be off a little there, but the dude has delivered goals, right? Now, obviously, yeah. LAFC aren't in this business just to win the Supporters' Shield every year. They want to win MLS Cup. LA Galaxy are the team they're trying to chase. They want as many stars on their shirt as LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy are the royal family of MLS. So their expectations of Chicharito are way high. Yeah. LAFC fans are going to be a lot more patient, right? They're, they're newbies. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. They're newbies. That was a little like tongue in cheek right there, but anyway. <laughs> so certain states are going to be they're going to be patient because they're not patient right now i'll tell you that but right but but you know and when you have had robbie Keane play up front and you have had you know zlatan you you're coming in and you're not only coming in but you are the golden boy of mexican football you are a god right mm-hmm. he's under there's different pressure. He's played for Manchester United. He's played for Real Madrid. That yep. comes with an insurmountable yep. amount of pressure sometimes. Yep. But this is a different kind of pressure for him because it's almost like in front of his own people, right? He's, he's, uh, he's come in under all of these expectations. So the pressure is on him right now. And you could tell in that presser today that he was feeling it a little bit. And you know, it, when he comes good, I said to I said to the guys, I'll eat humble pie because I went in hard on him a few days ago and I didn't feel bad about it because I think it's time. It's time for him to start performing. He has to know whether whether he likes it or not, he's coming in to replace Slaton. And I know that's not fair to say to compare him, but it's 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 one for one, but also Galaxy fans have to know that Chicharito has not scored like Slatan, but when you when when you make the noise, and you're in Los Angeles, who has the second uh, largest Mexican population, you know, outside of Mexico City, you got to know that expectation is there, and you got to know that people are going to be criticizing you, and you got to know that people are going to want you to score the goals. They want you to, you know, be the chicharito everybody knew once, right before, and they, and they if they see Carlos Vela doing that, you. LA Galaxy fans want that too, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And that and that and all MLS, I want that because it, it just adds more to the rivalry. And yeah. if you don't get that, it's like you're you're very disappointed. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. We still, ha- I think we still got to give him more time. But he also has to do the things. I think him doing the things he does on social media 
at times hurt him from what I've seen. Like I said, you know, the Twitch, I'm, I don't, I don't want to judge him for his personal life. I can, I can be completely wrong on this, but I think those things are hurting him because of how he's performing. Well, also, I think, you know, a lot of the times players may do or say things before they get here. And then those things, they're held to account. So one of the things that he said in his video was the whole retirement comment, which has come back to haunt him, hasn't it? And it's not, I think he, I don't think he meant, oh, I'm going to MLS to retire. But obviously if you're an opposing fan or you don't like him, that's exactly what you're going to take from that comment. And what have you just done in that situation? You've given people ammunition to go at you. And so I think, you know, he seems like a, I'm not saying a, a sensitive guy, but when you have been in the spotlight and, and you and he has been a golden child from a very young age, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, in the national team setup. Uh, I mean, look, you know, when you you're a player, he's he goes down in history in terms of Mexican footballers. You get to play for Manchester United and Real Madrid. That's huge. That's a massive achievement. You don't mm-hmm. achieve those goals if you are not a a great player, right? And and there are times where he's played, and even I remember when he first came into the Premier League, I was like, wow, look at this kid. He played fearless football at Manchester United. Killing and it, he yeah. he was killing it. So I I hope that, you know, he can find that fitness, find that form. And now with Yoni coming in, he has another outlet to help him, you know, bang in a couple goals. But he's got to get those goals pretty quickly. Otherwise, this is just going to go on and on and on. Yeah, I think I think it's the goals and impacting the game and impacting mm-hmm. that. Hey, the, the reason why we won today was because of Chicharito. He put us on his back. Yeah. He had this, this for Pavon, or he had this. And I don't. I, I'm very interested. I want. I want to ask you this. How do you think Pavon's and Chicharito's um, relationship is? Because I don't. I don't know. I don't know what type of relationship they have. I can only assume. That's a really great question because I mentioned this to Christian Miles uh, after the game. And I said, I said to him, I asked him, I go, Christian, did you notice after the first Seattle Sounders goal went in, Pavon and Chicharito were not arguing, but they went at each other a little bit. They the arms were raised and you can go back and look at the game. It was, I don't know, you probably couldn't see it on camera, but I was there and I saw it. They were kind of complaining to each other about something. There was an opportunity just before Seattle broke and they, my God, they were breaking lightning. They, they, they gave everyone a lesson in counterattacking football that day. Well, they gave LA Galaxy a lesson in counterattacking football. And I, I noted that and I asked, uh, I asked Josh as well and he didn't notice it and it was clear to me that there was something not right with their communication. And I don't know, I don't know if they've hit it off personally. Um, You don't have to be best friends to be prolific. Going back to his old club, Manchester United, Dwight York, um, Andy Cole and Teddy Sheringham hated each other, but had one of the most phenomenal, phenomenal partnerships. uh, And they didn't like each other off the pitch. So it's a really great question because I noticed in that game there was something that was a little bit off in that moment. Now, 
success will change that, right? Yep. Goals mm. will change that. Winning. Yep. And winning will change that. I mean, everyone's heads went down in that match. They couldn't overcome the adversity. Seattle were way too fast for them. Uh, Daniel Steris said afterwards in the presser that they fell into that trap. Was it Sebastian or Daniel that said they fell into the trap and they couldn't get out of it? Um, but it's a, it's a really interesting observation and a great question that you asked because I noticed that in that game and it left me a little bit concerned for them. But like I said win a few games and that goes away. Yeah. And I, I had noticed that a couple games, I think when they, when you first kind of got back, um, right. You have Chicharito. The reason why is like, you have Chicharito who started the season. He was supposed to be the one that saved the season. Then you have Pavon who's essentially putting the team on his back. And, you know, is this Pavon's team? Is this Chicharito's team? You know, and you're right. I think the way, whether they have a good relationship or not, we don't know. This is all just from what we see, like what, what you see on the field, you know, body language, right? Body language kind of mm-hmm. tells you, you you can go off body language and that's what I think I'm going off of. But I think all that changes when you win. All that changes yeah. when you start scoring goals, when Chicharito starts to score goals, when Pavone and they start to win. Because I, I, don't, I think I, I only assume that both of these guys want to succeed. You know what I'm saying? I think they both want to succeed. Well, they have to. They, they have to. And, let, and I'll tell you why, Gio, because if they don't, you know, Pavon could leave too. Yep. He he'll have that option soon. And I don't think I don't have, yeah, no, and I don't think he, and it's been reported that he doesn't want to go back to Argentina. Obviously, Europe is Well, he very, doesn't have to go back there, right? Yeah, he yeah. He can go anywhere. He can go anywhere, but you're right just to, I don't mean to interrupt you, but if it doesn't go well, what does that mean for Pavon? What does that mean mm-hmm. for Chicharito and what does that mean for GBS? Exactly. And well, for GBS, I think you're going to have They've invested a lot in this project with him, right? Dennis has yeah. and hugely supported him as well. But at some point, if you can't get anything out of these players, because, you know, this team is nowhere near the the kind of 2017 debacle and, you know, 2018. Was it 2017? Before Zlatan, just before Zlatan came, right? Things were pretty, yeah. things were pretty rough. Uh, but if... You know, I think the midfield's decent. I think Sebastian's come a long way. You've got Jonah. You know, you'll have, let's see how Gonzalez does. You're going to have, you've got Pavone. You've got Chich. If he can't make that work, then you have to say, is there a coach out there that can make it work? There's a coach sitting on the bench that's done it before multiple times in the league. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's, I think they're going to have to look at it all. Um, but they need that to work because Pavone's no mug as we say yeah. back in England, you know, he knows what his worth is and yeah. he's not going to want to be around a team that can't make the playoffs. Yeah. So let me ask you this just to wrap things up and we'll head on. Yeah. To AFC. How, do the, do the galaxy get, get a win this weekend against San Jose? Cause I don't, I don't think a tie works and obviously we know a loss would be brutal, but do they get the win this weekend? <sighs> It's a tough one because look what San Jose did to LAFC. Mm-hmm. I mean, at one nil, I thought I, I kind of, I was, it was crazy that day, but I switched off because I'm like, it felt like LAFC had that game in the bag. Oh, they but did. So, <laughs> That's how we'll get into it. <laughs> um, so yeah, but uh, I do think they'll bounce back. I'm not sure they'll win, but I don't think they'll lose. So I fancy a draw in that one. Draw. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not exciting, but yeah, I, I think they will get the win. I think they will. I think that you just got so much going on with them. Yoni's back. Um, I think. I think all the momentum, especially Chicharito, I think feels the pressure. Everything now he's he's had to ask questions um, today. So I think that's just going to add fuel to him. And I think I think they are going to be able to get the win um, this weekend. So let's move on to LAFC. LAFC, I think, had one of the worst loss, if not the worst loss in uh, LAFC history. They lost two to one to San Jose, who had who had not won a game in eight games straight. And to me, this is this is such a bad loss for LAFC, for everything they've kind of worked for to to get to this point, right? They've been inconsistent on this year, but you had control of the first half, you came up big, but then in the second half, you you really gave the game away. Um, the whole team did not look good. Barbarella even after the game said it was a bad loss, and I just really think this team without Carlos Vela doesn't really have a leader. The reason why I say that. I know Bob Bradley has said that there's plenty of leaders on the team. He's given the armband to Diego Rossi, Mark Anthony K, Eduardo Tuesta, and his reason for that again is because he's pointing at leaders. But I, I I tend to believe that there's not a true leader stepping up and owning mm-hmm. up and be like, you know what? And I think you know you had Mark Anthony K with that red card, and then he ended up giving it. He ended up giving the comp, captain armband to I, I believe Rossi, and then from Rossi to Eduardo Tuesta. So you're not really having someone step up and be that leader. And, you know, I, I'm not in the locker rooms, but this is just all of observation and from what we've seen from this team last year, right? I don't think I don't think um, them repeating the season the type of the, the way they did was um, feasible, just breaking record after record. That, that was just not feasible. But the way they lost to San Jose was a bad loss. And it just really tells you the inconsistencies of this team. And also they have not been able to win back-to-back games this year. They are trending down the wrong, wrong way. And I don't even think Vela coming back is going to be able to help them the way they've been so inconsistent and especially on the defensive end giving up so many goals this this season and this in this year and I just think that loss to San Jose really tells you how this how the season has gone for them I mean the fact that they've been so prolific scoring goals and now they're struggling to is really glaring they couldn't deal with the press could they would you agree with that mm-hmm. um in in that in that match I think um, well, San Jose also ch- changed things up. They they had opportunities. Mm-hmm. They had opportunities to, to to score, but I think on the defense, uh, San Jose played that game smart. And also, like Almeida was one that was on the hot seat too. So I think they were going all out. But go ahead. I mean, I and I also at some point, um, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we came on air. You. You're losing a player like Vela. You can put Band-Aids on that, right? You can put Band-Aids on it from a leadership point of view. You can put Band-Aids on it from a goal-scoring point of view. There were mom- there's been moments where Bradley Wright Phillips has been superb, you know, and, and has come in and done a very admirable, admirable job. But, you know, at some point, you're going to miss a quality player like that who has been the MVP and has not only been the MVP for LAFC, but also for the league as well. Eight consecutive games, is it? Is it eight games they've lost on the road? 
No, that is was it, that for San Jose. They, they had that was not, for San Jose, that, right? Because that stat, I was like, that doesn't sound right. No, right. they had okay. that. San Jose had not won in eight games. Eight, in eight games, and they they I won mean, against LAFC. Which and is- and that and I, and sometimes with LAFC, and I and again, I say this with respect, is that they've been so good and they've been so prolific, and their the interchange, their play, their speed, that front three, completely you know, absolutely breathtaking to watch at times. I mean, in Orlando, it was ridiculous. And again, though, they, I feel like they hit an arrogance hurdle. And I think that they almost expect to win versus earn the win. And I think that comes down to coaching. You know, I, I, I think that there are times when you just assume that they're going to win because they've been so great. And I think they do the same. And at some point, you know, you have to show a little bit more respect to your opponent as well. And so losing Vela, I think now we're seeing the effects of that. Uh, I think Diego Rossi can only get a little bit like Pavon. How much are you expecting him to, him to do? And I don't know, like, how do you think Rodriguez has been since um, Orlando? I think, I mean, I've been, I've been very vocal about Brian Rodriguez. I mean, he, he had an opportunity to, to, I think it was like a seven, it was like 78, 79th minute. They passed him the ball and it was one zero at that time. And if he, and if he puts that goal away, the game's over. It's two zero. You completely deflate anything San Jose had, but then 40 seconds later, San Jose come back and they tied the game. And that to me kind of just goes off the way how, how Rodriguez season has been with LAFC. I know people are going to make, he he's leading the team in assists. He only has one goal, but let me ask you, let me, let me tell you this. He's from Uruguay. Who, who uh-huh. what, what comes to your mind when you think of a winger from Uruguay, right? You, you think of like, you know, all the great players like Luis yep. Suarez and um, think, give me some names. Cause I'm, I'm flair, gonna... flair, flair players, right? Yeah. 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 Like, the, the... The, Orlando the, and all these great players, right? Yeah, Diego yeah. Rossi's from there. So you mm-hmm. think of players that score and impact the game. To me, Brian Rodriguez, he has not won um, Player of the Week. He has not won Player of the Month. Or he has not, and in in just the way I've said this about Chicharito, not trying to compare them to, but they he has not impacted the game where like LAFC have won the game because of him. And, right. Um, and I know it's kind of harsh to say that, but when you're – when you pay so much money to bring him here and he has not impacted the game the way you expected to him too. And, you know, he has a chance to pretty much shut everybody up and put that goal, put, put the game to rest. And he didn't do that. I, I think if you're LAFC, you're very concerned with Brian Rodriguez play because you're not maximizing the best out of him. Bob Bradley has been very critical that he's been predictable uh, sometimes. And I don't think his effort has this last match his effort was there, but his finishing is not there. 11.5 million, right? Mm-hmm. I think the third most expensive transfer after yep. um, the Atlanta United transfer, um, uh, uh, Martinez and I can't remember who else right now, name, name escapes me, but uh, that's a lot of money. But also I, I hear what you're saying about, you know, missing the chance and then 40 seconds later, boom. He's 20 years old as well right? He's, he's still young. And I know there are players around the world who are 20 and they play with, it's not like he hasn't played with confidence since he's been at LAFC. I think he is such a talented player. I think his first touch is one of the best in the league. I think that he's very quick thinking as a footballer. 
you know, and mm. that is a really difficult trait uh, for a lot of footballers to have. Sometimes, to me, he seems like the type of player who's already thought about not the first move, but he's thought about the second and the third. And I think that's what makes him um, a fun player to watch. He's one of the fun players to watch just because of how he moves. I think, you know, he's kind of like a football artist, but you're right about, he never scores. He, he, he doesn't score enough goals, but he's gotten away with that for a while because of his assists. But at some point that catches up with you. And when does it catch up with you? It catches up with you when the team goes on a bad run or the team loses or doesn't score enough goals. And now he's now well, you have an opportunity to put the game away. Yes. And this game I'm talking about, this is inside the box. And I know people are think are going to think I'm very critical of him, but from what I've seen from Uruguayan players, Rossi's from Uruguay. And obviously, it may not be fair, but I think if you come with that big price tag, there's a lot of expectations that come with that. And, you know, you've seen some some of the, you know, frustration from Bob Bradley come out, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know if he, he'll criticize him again, but I, th- I I just don't think right now you're not, you're he has, I, I 100%, I know he has talent, but you haven't seen that. And I don't know if he's really working uh, I don't know if it's a coaching thing or I don't do know. Do you if he think it's fair? Do, let me ask you this. Sorry to interrupt, but do you think him, Bob Bradley, criticizing him? Sometimes that doesn't work for young players. You know, the modern game is very different. A lot of younger players, they don't adapt well to being criticized, right? I mean, we've seen, you know, coaches like Jose Mourinho right now and what he's doing with Deli Ali. Now, Deli Ali isn't as young, but he's definitely, um, you know, proven himself in the Premier League. But sometimes the way managers handle players, Bob Bradley's not really a put his arm around you kind of guy, is he? <laughs> to say the appear, least. It doesn't appear like that. It doesn't appear to be, it doesn't appear to be that coach. I don't no. know. No. So um, I think that there are certain players that need a little bit more of a man management and and if you're not feeling the love uh, you know and and you're criticized by your coach sometimes the younger players can't deal very well with that so they have to tread carefully with him because in order to get the best out of him I think you manage him a little bit a little bit of a different way and I think in the long term he'll be fine you know every creative player goes through a difficult a difficult run every great painter dries up every great writer gets blocked every now and again so I think I, he'll I, be okay. I think I, I agree, but I think he's been with the Bob Bradley. I, I know COVID happened and everything. You, We've seen Bob Bradley get the best out of Diego Rossi. We've seen the Bob, Bob Bradley get the best out of BWP, who everybody mm-hmm. thought he was washed up. He was done. Yeah. We've seen Bob Bradley get the best out of Carlos Vela. And what we also seen Bob Bradley not get best of certain players that have been traded. So I think whether it's Bob Bradley not getting the best of him or I don't know how that relationship is right now, it, it, it comes that Brian Rodriguez is not being, it's not able, when you're not able to finish that way, you're not in a, after you're a year and you know, you have a coach and you, you may be right. Maybe him, Bob Bradley criticizing them. This is the first time in a year that you criticize them. I think it's fair for Bob Bradley to criticize them after a year. I think it's fair. Uh, it's, I, it's fair, but do you do it publicly? That's I mean, that's, that's Bob Bradley's decision. I, I have, I have, I'm not in that locker room every day. I don't know what relationship mm-hmm. to have, but I agree with you. There's certain players, there's certain people, even at, when you're at your job or certain people that, you know, may be a little bit more sensitive. And I think Bob Bradley is going to know how to get the best of his player. And if he doesn't, we may look back at that. May, may, we may look back at Bob Bradley calling him out and that 
that's maybe what either motivated him or what pissed him off. You know? Right. And also remember he's used to playing with Carlos and, yep. and again, you know, like I said earlier, eventually you, you start missing a player like that because as, as great as Wright Phillips has been able to come in and help that team, you know, is he able to sustain that at his age, you know, and he has proven that he's not washed out, washed up, but you know, you're also asking a lot of someone to come in and take the, the, the responsibility. So maybe at some point also Rodriguez misses playing with someone like Vela because he knows Vela's going to be where he needs to be all the time. It's proven by the amount of goals Vela has scored. So it's a tra- It's that this team is going through a little bit of adversity right now and we're going to see the type of team that they are and how they're going to come out of it. And I don't want to say too much, but there are times where I think, you know, I don't know if this team's going to win an MLS Cup with Bob Bradley as the coach. Oh. There, I said it out loud. Oh, whoa. Whoa. Okay, tell, well, you got to, okay. Maybe that you is, should edit, maybe you should no, edit no, that no, bit no. out. No, no, we can't, we can't. <laughs> you got you to tell us why, though. You got to tell us why. Are you just not I mean, a fan? it's kind are of a crazy... Are you just not a fan of Bob Bradley? Are you not a fan of his coaching? Um, like, tell us more. I'm, I think that he's, maybe it's because of the way he handled the Fulham situation because it was such I, a disaster and he came across he, as a little I, bit I arrogant. Us because edu- educate us about the situation. Yeah, well, you know, he went to, look, in, he's, he's definitely won in MLS, right? That was mm-hmm. a long, long yeah. time ago. Um, and... I think that, you know, he did a good job with the U.S. men's national team. I think he, at the, at, he inherited the team at a time where there was a lot of talent in that team. And when he went to Fulham, I think I, feel, I felt for him, though, too, because there, were, there was a lot of who, who's this American coach, right? You know, British English can be a little uppity about all that. And mm. I think that a lot of American players experience that too. Whereas now we're seeing American players flourish, flourish yep. in Europe, especially in Bundesliga. And we've seen Brian McBride and Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan. I mean, Everton fans to this day, Landon Donovan is a cult hero. They love him. I think with Bob Bradley, I think, you know, he was such a disaster at Fulham. The way he handled it, I think he came across as don't be so arrogant when you've not even won a game. Right. Mm. I think he he eventually won a game, but it was it was a very difficult time for the club. It was, and you know, at the, at the time, a lot of people questioned the appointment, and and then after that, he went to Egypt, which I think you know was a great decision for him because he was able to kind of get away from the limelight of the Premier League. He wasn't he wasn't managing here. He was able to go to Egypt and did you know, a decent, a decent job, but there's an arrogance about him that a team becomes an image of their manager. Mm-hmm. Every great team becomes an image of their manager. You've got Pep Guardiola, Barcelona, you've got Bruce Arena, LA Galaxy, Antonio Conti, even with Juventus, you know, Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool, they, they become the personality of their coach. And I think we're seeing a little bit here with LAFC. Maybe they're taking on part of the personality of Bob Bradley where, you know, the, the guy's a good tactician and he's done really well in his career. And But there's this side of him that I think maybe that arrogance is coming across and and sometimes that just doesn't bode well for the team. And 
You know, that's just my opinion. No, uh, I'm I mean, not I mean, around the team as much, and I just I just honestly, say what I see. I'm, I'm around the team more than you are. Um, I can kind of see that by the way they've taken these games on the arrogance of they should have beat Galaxy the, the MLS restart. They overlooked that game, right? The arrogance, I would agree with you, the, the arrogance of the team thinking that we don't have to play this hard because we smashed LA Galaxy 6-2 mm-hmm. in the back tournament. I don't, I don't, and I, right, I don't know, I'm not educated about the Fulham situation. All I heard, he just got the short in the stick and he was let go, I think like for a couple, couple months in. I, I'm, not too, I'm not too familiar with the whole situation, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't really want to comment on that. But I, 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 and I kind of felt the same way a little bit against San Jose when they lost to them because they, they didn't put this team away. And I could kind of – and I don't know if uh, – and if, if to your point that maybe his arrogance is translating to his players and you said, like, you know, the, the team is an image of who they – of their coach. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I never thought of, and that could potentially – some of it could be the co- case. But I would also say the players are on the pitch, and also I think it also comes down to the players, though an LAFC situation just the way just the I think just this last game and how they've overlooked certain things you you can't just let that happen and if it is the arrogance then you're going to be shut up by San Jose who is arguably one of the worst if not the worst team in MLS and I, I just I and if this continues I don't really see a very successful a very successful LAFC this season, you know, and, and I know Carlos Vela, but I think the biggest thing that we haven't addressed is their defensive end. They had Walker Zimmerman, who was a center back who got sold in the beginning of the season, um, you know, for I think it was like a million dollars for trade. Uh, he came out on a podcast this past week that, you know, he was blindsided by that, by the trade. It happened on Monday and he was traded and he was gone by Wednesday. And I think they really miss him for the, in, uh, for the intangible things. Um, he, him and Eddie Segura had such a great relationship. He was learning Spanish. They locked it down. Um, and I don't really see a leader like we ha- like LAFC had with Walker Zimmerman. And I think there's a lot of pieces missing on the defensive end that they don't want to admit to, or mm-hmm. I think they're starting to realize it. But I, I mean, this last game was just the whole team in itself, but I think they really miss Walker Zimmerman, whether they want to admit that or not. I, I really truly believe on the defensive end, they really miss Walker Zimmerman there. On the offensive struggles, I think that's more of the players of not putting the ball away. And in the case of Bob Bradley, you just can't you just can't let your team lose like that to a San Jose. And right. if you have these bad losses, I, I don't and you know, like John Thornton has been, you know, came out who's a GM of LAFC, came out after that must back tournament, which I was surprised he said that. He was very disappointed. Uh I don't want to quote him because I don't remember the words, but it was along the lines that um, they don't want to come, they don't want to lose another tournament, come out disappointed. I re- he used the word disappointed, and I was right, like, right. I'm surprised I, the GM is saying those words, but, you know. It's, it's kind of crazy. Also, I have to, sorry, I have to correct myself because I was talking about Clint Dempsey and Brian McBride, and I had Fulham in my brain, but it, I meant Swansea, Swansea okay. City. Okay. Okay, okay, so you got to, 
we can either correct that or but when i but we, we got we got you you know as long as as long as people listen through okay. all the way through so as long as you as long as you corrected yourself yeah 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 so when i was talking about the u.s influx of players and you know because i loved watching the deuce and i really enjoyed watching brian mcbride and um they were both excellent out there so i meant i meant to say swansea city and not uh, and not fulham but yeah so all of those things and 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 and, and to you know that was a, after 11 games, he was fired, you know, 11 mm-hmm. games. Yeah, I remember and, it was so short. It was a short right, term. Right, it was a very short term. So, yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying about all of those things in defense and whatever. Every, every listen, when you, you've been, you've been the, the best team for so long, you, but you're the best team, but then you're, you failed at MLS Cup last year. You failed the year before. You won the Supporters' Shield. In order to be the best, you've got to win MLS Cup. And you could talk about all of these deficiencies and all of these problems. The expectations for LAFC are huge. And what um, people, the the media have put the expectations on them. They've been the media darlings. Well, Um, well, I I think because of the season they had last year, they kind of put it on themselves. And also them having that partnership shoe deal, the Zamba shoe deal. With uh, with that, you uh, you're adding more expectations to yourself and to to your fans. So some of that is a little bit of the media, but it's also on your on yourself as well. Mm-hmm. And you, it's good that they put this pressure on themselves. It's good that they have these expectations. It's great um, that you know they expect to win all the time. But how you do that and the manner in which you do that, at some point when things start looking a little bit off kilter you do start asking questions about the man- manager if we're going to ask questions about chicharito if we're going to ask questions about um you know brian rodriguez then we can ask questions about gbs and we can ask questions about bob bradley as well yes you've that's, won yeah, you've managed at international level at the top say. level so you know i think lafc will be just fine i do they're always going to be an attractive proposition they're going to have to reinvent the wheel a little bit maybe right um they've made some changes from last season. And would you agree that maybe some of those changes you're, you're kind of seeing now the effect that that's had on the team. They felt like more of a unit last season. And yeah. look, this, this season's very difficult to judge players, managers, teams. I mean, they're playing in, we can be safe in our homes and, and do our thing and work from home and we're on zoom and, and everything, but these guys have to travel. They go back to their families. You know, some, some of them have pregnant wives. I mean, this isn't an easy season. So I think we also have to cut them a little bit of slack in that they're, they're in the middle of something that is completely crazy. That's affected the world. And we also expect them to entertain us. Mm -hmm. And that is not, easy to do and yeah. i think at some point and then look at how many games have been compressed geo we're asking them to be supermen right i yep. expect athletes to be athletes and i don't think they should use excuses and fatigue is for children but at the same time we're in a very different um world right now and so i think that you know this season's going to be judged on different different things I mean, look, if the Lakers win the NBA, will it be as great as every other um, championship they've won? To Laker fans, yes, but maybe to others it might not be because of the circumstances of which but, it, but it was won. I, I agree. I agree to a certain point, though, but like, if, if the best team wins who beat the other teams, 
I think it's fair. Like, let, let me put it this way, just, just in soccer terms. Seattle Sounders won the MLS Cup last year, right? And if they win it this year, is anybody going to really say, you know, you you won it, but you won it in 2020. You know what I'm saying? By far, mm-hmm. I think they're the best team. I mean, mm-hmm. they were the best team last year. They won it. And if they win it again this year, you're not going to really be like, oh, yeah, you know, it was 20. No, you're like, they're a unit. They're solid. We've seen what you did to our team. Yeah, you deserve to win. You know what I'm saying? And I agree with you with everything that you said about the players playing during this time. But when you have a team that likes Seattle Sounders and is doing the things that Seattle Sounders is doing, keeping that unit, keeping the same players, and if you're a team like LAFC or LA Galaxy who has the same aspirations, the same goals, and you're not there and it and it looks like there's such a big gap between Seattle and LAFC and LA Galaxy, you know, then you start then a lot of questions start what why are mm-hmm. they doing it and how come we can't do it? We're yeah, from LA. I agree, you know? I agree, you know I agree. I agree with that. I can see that. I, I do. But trust me, there are going to be a lot of fans out there that put an asterisk. People wanted to put an asterisk on Liverpool. I mean, that's cr- which is crazy. <laughs> of course, every, every, everybody, everybody will. Everybody will. And I, I, I think the people that are the teams that get the short end of the stick are the teams, the Canadian teams, right? Because they're not going to mm-hmm. be able to play at home. And I do feel bad for them. And, you know, they, they got to, like Vancouver has to play at, at Portland, you know, and they got to play at Portland which is going to be a home game for them. That is tricky, you know. But I think if the best team wins, like the Seattle Sounders, who were the best team last year, and clearly there's a bigger gap between all the other teams, I think it's fair to say that you do, if they do win the championship and the way they've dominated teams and they've, mm-hmm. you know, I'm assuming they've gone through certain things. I don't think Raul Rudy Diaz was there like, versus Galaxy, right? I don't think he played He played versus mm-hmm. the Galaxy. And they still, they still smacked around the Galaxy, so – it just goes to show that great teams can win no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the issues, no matter what happens. I understand life happens, but when you locked in, when you're locked and loaded and you're a great team and you're destined for greatness, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. You're going to, you're going to be a great team and that's going to show on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you made a great case for that one. <laughs> did I, I sell it. you? Did I sell yes, you on that you one? Did. I'm sold. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's let's finish up with this. Okay. So um you 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 myself and obviously Kevin Baxter, we were very very vocal on on Twitter. Um mm. I this is just something this is I just want to be clear, this is not to attack the teams or any of the teams or attack the league. I I guess from all three of us, if I could speak on our behalf, is to grow the league and just grow certain things. So I, I was not uh, on the Galaxy call after the the the, the Sounders game. Um, I, 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 I just I just I think I was on the LAFC call, but I, I just wasn't on the the sound the the Galaxy call. And you know I tweeted out a video of you know Chicharito um, talking with you know with uh, Spectrum you know the broadcast mm-hmm. partners, and you know Kevin Baxter had said that you know that Chicharito had not spoken to the. He, I guess, what I don't know if he chose not to. I, for whatever reason, he didn't speak to the media. Correct. He just did his interview with um, the network. With the network, and for me covering the NBA, me going to the World Series, MLB, NFL, in the major American leagues, you always have the best player. They always mm-hmm. talk to media whether they win or lose, and even if they have a bad game. I just haven't experienced that with MLS and covering the teams here in Los Angeles. 
And it, that first time it surprised me, but it just surprises, surprises me even more, especially during this time when fans can't go to the games and fans can't, you know, talk to the player, or, you know, just watch the players and stuff. And I don't know why that happens, but I think that really hurts the game if you mm-hmm. don't have your best players talk after a loss or after a bad game because fans want to know, like, hey, what happened? Fans want to hear why you guys didn't play well. Fans want to know. And if you don't allow the players to give their voice or opinion or to be asked questions, they all they can do is say no comment if it's a tough question. But I've been around MLS and all these other leagues. Reporters that are there, are they're not asking that tough of a question or that disrespectful questions. Um, so I think it was right that we voiced our opinions just to grow yeah. the game. But I, explain. I'm not. You af- listen, I've never, I've never been afraid to voice my opinion. Um, sometimes it's worked out for me. Sometimes, it, it, sometimes it hasn't. Look, I might, I might get ripped for saying Fulham when I, when it, I knew it was Swansea, but sometimes shit happens, right? No um, I may, and they could pick me up on the timeline of uh, Bob Bradley's career and when he was at Egypt. He was probably, at, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you, I'm never gonna be afraid to uh, be vocal and ask questions. Robbie Keane got very upset with me. Uh, one time because I asked him a particular question about his performance and he he kind of gave me this Irish quippy short <laughs> answer um, basically kind of looked at me and said who are you you know and it was classic it was great I mean it was perfect because I knew it he knows it I knew it and I got under his skin because I asked a question that was honest and true it wasn't it's not disrespectful to I think that you know, LeBron James gets a hard time. Uh, Ronaldo gets a hard time. Great players who are paid a lot of money. There are expectations and they get a hard time um, for a lot of different things. When you become the face of the league and you are paid a lot of money and people expect to see you and they want to hear from you, it's your job. It's part of your job to talk to the media. That is my personal opinion. I've not been in a situation in, in, uh, in, in MLS here, whether it's MLS media day or in the locker room, where I've heard a journalist be disrespectful to a player. Mm-hmm. I, and and, and I, I just haven't. I have seen journalists ask tough questions. And in order to get great content, you need to ask really good questions but sometimes you need to ask tough questions and they may not want to hear it and how the player responds is is up to them right but fans have expectations not only from players but the media how many times have you heard i wish they'd have asked this why didn't you ask them this i get it all the time we all do and i think vela and chicharito have a responsibility it's part of their job they get paid a salary they have to talk to the media as often as possible and in a time where a lot of people are suffering out there and they're still buying the shirts they're still buying the merchandise they're still dedicated to the teams you know you don't have to even leave your home do stuff online for the fans stay connected give them a little glimpse of you your life it's more than just going on twitch and playing computer games you know it's connecting with the fans and these fans love those two there is mm-hmm. so much love for these two players and there's nothing more that fans want to see than this rivalry between the two grow. 
you mm-hmm. know you've got two of mexico mexico's you know finest and there's nothing more they want than that and you know zlatan showed up all the yeah. time all the time they, all, the, all time. the time all the time and he never once balked at he made he gave us some of the greatest sound bites of our life oh my goodness yeah it was cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching yep. for us as media. And you also hear, I mean, uh, Slatan is also a character and that he, he knows how to work the media too. Absolutely. He's and a master at it. He knows how to, he knows that his sound bits make him, and I, I don't think other players understand that, that like the more you're in the media and Slatan has mastered just by his, whenever I posted something to him on Twitter, thousands and thousands of views, it just, the fans just love oh my them, gosh you know? crazy because of the stuff he would say you know he's just entertaining i understand that yep. chicharito and vela may, may not be as entertaining at, at a world level but they're still entertaining for the market and the mexican fan base that you're trying to grow right mm-hmm. this is what absolutely you're trying to grow. and i think you if you don't have those voices um and if if you those players don't come out and ask, you know, ask questions after a tough game or a tough loss, or they don't want to talk to the media. It's not about us, but it's just like, you're not, it's, you're really not growing the game. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. David Beckham showed up. And I know you said like Zlatan Beckham, they're global superstars, right? They're known everywhere, but you know, this is North American market. This is the United States. And here, Right now, in this market, Vela and uh, Chicharito are two of the biggest stars. Chicharito, mm-hmm. more known globally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, they are the faces of the league. And there should be expectations about them connecting with fans and talking to the media. And I was really happy today to see him come out, whether or not you know he, uh, he, he handled the press conference you know, well, I mean, I think he did what he could based on the fact that he's feeling the pressure and there's a lot of stress that goes with becoming the face of the league and, and fans expectations. And, and so, you know, it's important that they stay connected, especially during this time. And, you know, I think that we should hold them to account for that. And I don't think Kevin nor you nor I are afraid ever to, to, to speak out loud and especially Kevin who writes for the LA times mm-hmm. to kind of say that and put that out there. You, you got to give him a lot of respect for that because it, it, you have to tread carefully as well sometimes as media, don't you? And, yeah. and I think Kevin doing that opened the door as well for, for some others to, to be vocal too. Yeah. And it's, it's, and some people may think that, you know, we're, we're doing this just to be vocal. I, I do this, because I I just haven't experienced anywhere else in American sports, and I really want the MLS to continue to grow. But having those players available is so 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 key. Yeah, it's, it's just so important for the growth of the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and and it comes across. It does come across that one year the players being protected by not talking in the media, the player may be scared. I don't know that to be true. That's how it comes across, right? That they don't want to answer certain questions. But when you address the media, then you don't you don't leave it for speculation. You don't leave it that like they dodged the media. You know what I'm saying? They didn't want to answer these tough questions. You just you just do it if you don't if you don't want. I mean, they're pros. If you don't want to answer a question, no comment or anything. 
or you know you just keep it short and you people know when you're pissed when it, we're in the nba you know when you ask a player he was just short you're like all right i'm not gonna ask him anymore because he's pissed right you got right. the media media knows when people are, you know people are pissed and then like i said i've never seen anybody in the mls be uh disrespectful or rude or try to dig into something you know it's just i haven't seen that but i think and i don't think we will see that in the mls but i think you gotta give the fans and the people what they want and like you said those two guys are the biggest faces of, of the league and you got you got to put them out there as much as you can as yep. much as you can it's, it's, just, it's just only going to grow the game and it's only going to grow game and you know um kevin kevin the reason why kevin said that is because he, kevin's such a fan of the sport he, he's covered mlb baseball he's been he's been in the industry for a long time but he really loves he really loves soccer mm-hmm. he really he, he came from not knowing anything about soccer to you know being a baseball guy that learning everything about and now he's super passionate right he's uh, if not the biggest insider in, in los angeles um for both teams and, I, and, and people should why- be grateful that someone like kevin who writes for the la times is this ingrained in yep. soccer in southern california and not only southern california he's covered the world cup yep you know he's covered the the he's Copa america the biggest tournaments yeah. absolutely and so you know it's important that we have um, someone like him that helps lead the way or has led the way and open doors for others here to be able to to talk about the sport as well. Yeah, which is well respected. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we got to see him today, and I and I hope and I just hope that we get to see both all the biggest superstars because it's and it's gonna it's gonna grow the game. It's really mm-hmm. it's real. I really do believe Agreed. it's gonna grow the game. But Sophie. That is all the time. It was great to have you. I really, I really loved everything. Your hot take. I loved your hot take too. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Might have to edit that bit. Out. <laughs> no, no editing. No editing. No editing. Hey, hey, look, it is fair. It is fair. That is your opinion. It is fair. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. And that, I mean, that's what I love about having people like you on my show and just, you know, just giving us their knowledge, their hot takes, and, and you know what, what they see. Um, before we wrap things up, let, let the people know uh, where they can follow you if they, if they don't, sure. don't follow you. Uh, if you, in, we, you know, if you enjoy um, talking about Arsenal and a little bit extra on Premier League, you can find me at Highbury Squad um, and it's Highbury Squad on YouTube as well. And at, on, on Twitter, I'm at Soccer Diva and I like to talk a little bit about everything from MLS, LA Galaxy and uh, um, women's football and uh, European football, world football. So yeah, check it out. Let me know. Uh, let me know what you think, and uh, give me your opinions. And try to be nice. I'll be nice. <laughs> be kind. Be kind. Be kind, be kind. <laughs> nice. Guys, if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure to give this a five star rating. Uh, you can listen to this wherever you get your music: Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, make sure to check us out at LA Soccer Hub on all your social media uh, networks. And you guys can follow me at Jill Garcia on Twitter, or Joe Garcia LA on Twitter. Uh, So that's going to wrap things up. For Sophie, this is Gio. Thank you, guys. Peace.